Father, I thank you. I thank you for loving us long before we ever loved you. I thank you for reaching out to us long before we ever turned to you. I thank you for giving us your Son long before we ever felt our need for a Savior. Thank you for loving us. And so God, I just ask that in Jesus' name, you would remove those distractions that would hinder us from really opening our hearts to you. And that we would be broken before you and that your word would minister to us. Lord, I just pray that, uh, that you would touch us at the point of our need, that our minds would be transformed, that our lives would never be the same. Lord, there are the, Lord, touch the wife who can't, who can't seem to forgive her husband after that event. And, and touch the, the family, oh God, who just seems to be crumbling. And, it's, and Satan's getting a great laugh out of it. And they're just hurting. Father, I, I pray that you would touch the young person who's decided that they're just going to check out as soon as they can. Move in their mind. Draw them to yourself. Pray that they feel the need and see the beauty of their risen Savior. Father, I pray for those who are just too busy, too occupied to give you any more time than this hour and a half on Sunday. I pray that you would open their eyes and reprioritize their lives. And Lord, I pray for those who are here who just want one day sober. It's just hard, Lord. It's just being driven by a powerful drive. I pray that you would touch their hearts. Those people who just want one day clean, Lord, that you would just take the taste out of their mouths. That you would keep them from those people that they use with, those places that they use in, and those things that they use with. Father, that they would be free. Free to know the joy of being absolutely inebriated in the Spirit. Father, I ask that you do all these things in Jesus' precious name. And we all say, Amen. Amen. I want you to open your Bibles in Galatians chapter 3. That's where we're at. We're at Galatians chapter 3. And in Galatians chapter 3, Paul is sort of opening up this idea that it's not by works. Remember last week with the ladder? Wish I had that ladder right now, man. That would have been a great idea. Um, where we thought, we said this last week. And it's very, right by the way, this, this series is really interesting because usually we preach topically here, right? You know that, right? We'll take a topic like, you know, lust or marriage or rearing children or loving God more. And we'll just kind of go throughout the Bible and, and just say, okay, well, this is sort of panoramically what the Bible says about this particular issue. Whereas in the book of Galatians, we're not doing it. We're just kind of going verse by verse, we're kind of crawling along and, and really trying to mine out the jewels of God's Word. Well, that's what we're doing. So um, if you, it, I'm trying to make each sermon as standalone as they can be, but they really do borrow from this, the, the verses before. So if you, you know, if you're not sure, you can, um, if you're not sure you weren't able to be here last Sunday, here's what I want you to do. Just go ahead and um, get the, uh, you can get the sermons on our podcast, 
which is, where's our podcast? It's, um, it's on, what was it? New Baptist Temple, right? Okay, so just go New Baptist Temple, and we, I think we have two up. One is, 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 is doesn't work, one does work. You'll figure out which one does um, quickly. And the one with our picture with this series on it, that one uh, works, go with that one. You can also go on our website, which we're going to get a brand new makeover really soon. Um, I've already seen the picture of it. It's going to be really cool. But you can listen to the sermon there. So that'll help you catch up. Now, <clears throat> so we've been in this series in the book of Galatians. And in, in, in the first part of chapter 3, Paul is just trying to bring up one point. And the point is, how do you get spiritual power? How do you grow? Because like in, first, in chapters 1 and 2, Paul says, listen, you, you, you missed it. It's not by, you don't, you don't get saved, you don't get God's favor, you don't get ple- the pleasure of God. You don't get that by um, doing good, being good, acting good, doing, you don't get, that's not the way you gain God's favor. You don't get it that way. You get it because of what Jesus, not because of what you do, but because of what Jesus has done. And so he's building this argument in verses 1 through 5. And he builds this argument through like, like six questions. Five really pertaining to what we just said. But there's, you know, you, you know, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? So that's a question, you know, but it's kind of like a sarcastic question. And so, and he goes into this and it's, it's just so good. We, we've got to read it, all right? Now, um, unfortunately because of the printing issue, I have NIV here, but we have ESV up there. So I'm just going to read from up here. So go ahead, Liz. Um, verse 1. Um, uh, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? By the way, Paul is going to, and I'm going to read verse 3 in a second. Paul, Paul is just, this is the only question Paul is asking. He's going to ask the same question five times. He goes, how are you supposed to spiritually grow, right? Okay, so you get in the kingdom by um, Jesus Christ sacrificing for you. But after that, after that, the way you stay in relationship with God is by being really good, be, you know, trying really hard, you know, it's just a little bit more Santa, right? And it's the Christmas season, so we can say it, right? So be good for goodness sake, right? And so you're good for goodness sake. And what you discover is that you just... You, you, it's, 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 it can't appease God. That's not the way to build relationship with God. Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, in other words, having believed Jesus, um, that Jesus died um, for your sins, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain... Verse 5, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Now look up at me. We just discussed this whole thing last week, so I'm not going to take the time to um, pick it apart. But the whole point is, how do you get spiritual power? Is it, is it like two forms? Let's see. Is it, is it you just working really hard to get a relationship with God? Right? Is it that? And one of the things that we've been saying, it's not, it's absolutely not that. It's absolutely not that. Listen to me. Remember the equation that we've been coming up with over and over again? It's Jesus plus what? What? 
nothing. Jesus plus nothing equals the gospel. Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. It's, the, it's by Jesus and Jesus alone. We rest on Him. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We just, we just affirm that. We just say, absolutely, this is true. This is, this is the way to build a relationship with God. God does it. He initiates it. He works. Okay. So Paul says that in five different questions. How are you going to grow spiritually? And then the question becomes, okay, if this is how we get saved, and this is how we um, become, start a relationship with God, how do we grow in this relationship with God? How do we get spiritual power? Because isn't it true? Is it only me that after I gave my heart to Jesus, I kept on falling to some of the same things that I always fell to my whole life? Right? Some of you wish you had, um, some of you wish you weren't in that relationship, but there you are. And you know it's no good for you. And you know it's hurting you. You know it's hurting the other person. But there you are. And some of us, we're, we're, we, we have these habits that harm us and harm our families. Right? We, we go to the, we go, you know, we're, we're, we're off-track betters. Or we're scratch-off people. Or we're lottery people. And it's to the degree where it's affecting our finances. It's affecting, you know, our hope is built on nothing less than mega millions and the possibility of winning. Right? And so we, we just do our scratch-offs and we, you know, we do our lottery and we, we do our off-track betting and, and you just wish you didn't do that. And you go, how do I grow? And some of you, some of you, you just, you just can't put the bottle down. You just, whatever it is, right? You just, you, you, you pick it up, you say, I'm never going to use again. I'm never going to drink, smoke, snort, shoot up. And then, and some of you, some of you find yourselves in this place where it's just completely, completely bitter. You just, you don't live in 2009, you live in 1976. And all of, her, all of your decisions are based on what happened to you then when that person closed the door and told you to be real, real quiet. And all, all of the decisions that you make, all of the relationships that you have, they're all affected by that. Paul, Paul walks into this frame and he says, listen to me, listen to me. The way you grow past your hurts, the way you grow past your limitations, the way you grow is the same way you came into the faith. It's by believing Jesus. So we come, we get saved, and we believe in Jesus, and then the way we grow by believing Jesus. Do you see the distinction there? We come to be saved by believing in Jesus. We grow in Christ by believing Jesus. We're going to see this a little bit more clearly. Um, so let me tell you what the big idea point is, because we only usually have just like one idea for the entire service that we want to really nail across. Here's, here's the big idea, because I don't want you to miss it. That your, and we touched on it a little bit last week. This week we're going to really go a little bit deeper. That what you believe really does affect how you behave. What you believe really does affect how you behave. What you believe really does affect how you behave. So I want you to say that with me two times. All right? Would you say that with me two times? 
all right? Even you people who are really stubborn say, I ain't gonna do nothing that that pastor tells me to do. Okay, I want you to play along, right? Play along, play along. All right, I'm, I'm stubborn too, okay? But just want, I want you to play along. One, two, three, I want you to, um, what you believe affects how you behave. Okay, let's say that together. One, two, three. What you believe affects how you behave. Say it again. What you believe affects how you behave. One last time. What you believe affects how you behave. Let me tell you a story, right? I was a little kid. I was sucking my thumb. And, and um, I was a thumb sucker for like, till I was like 10. Any, any thumb suckers in the house? Woohoo! I love that. I love that. Now, I still have adult uh, relatives that are thumb suckers, 30s, 40s. It's like a, it's, it's an addictive deal. And so it totally is, right? But now I had, I had a changed, I had a, 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 a defining moment. When I was a kid, we were having a party at my house, and you, does anybody, if you're, especially if you're Spanish, right, the, the parties in the house, right, are like really ruckus, and they're really loud, and they're really filled with alcohol, and I can still remember the, the, the melody of this one. Anybody remember? Right? Does anybody remember that song? It's like the most famous Spanish song in the history. I was six years old. I still remember. It's like 30 years later. I still, you white people don't understand what I'm talking about. It's all right. Um, uh, you non-Spanish people, it's cool. We'll, we love you anyway. Um, and so, right, what happened was, is that, you know, that music was playing really loud and everybody's doing, you know, their two, you know, their two, that's all they knew how to dance in my house, right? There was no like super twirlers, right? They just did that. Looked up occasionally. And then... <laughs> that's like every guy. You ever see any guy trying, and the woman is twirling around and she's throwing her legs up and the guy's... It's great. I love that. So, so I'm, I'm in that party, right? And so it's really loud and it's really ruckus. So we go outside in the fire escape. The fire escape used to be kind of like a front porch, right? So if you're, like, if you're hearing this and you're from a different state on a podcast or on a website, a fire escape in New York is like your front porch. So you go out and you hang out there, you look around and you just chill, you, you know, you, you drink and stuff. So, um, my uncle came out and, and, you know, I was, I guess I was sucking my thumb because he brought it up. And so I, you know, sucking my thumb, kind of just hanging out. And I, I don't know what I, I was, I was eight, nine, ten, eleven, I don't know what I was. But, um, so I'm sucking my thumb and my, my, my uncle comes and he says, Edwin, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. And I was like, I was like, now the reason, now the reason that he said it, because he knew, that if I did, and he explained it to me, he said this, he said, Edwin, you shouldn't do that. He goes, if you do that, your teeth are going to pull away, and they're going to be like, and if you do it long enough, they're going to be like straight out, right? Like that's, that's a little exaggerated, right? But that's what he told me, right? Now here's the deal. I was, a, I loved sucking my thumb. My thumb was like my, what was my Linus's blanket, right? It was like security for me. It was, you know, I could get used to it right now. Like, I'm feeling this. I'm like, wow, man, I, I, this feels comfortable. Right? This is like, you know, I, I, I love sucking my thumb. Now, here's the deal, though. When he told me that doing this would hurt my teeth and would, you know, make me look unattractive and all this other stuff, and I must have been a little bit 10 or 11 because I really wanted to be attractive. Like, like you know, right? Like, especially at that age, you want to be, you know. So, instantaneously, I stopped sucking my thumb. There was no withdrawal. There was, right? I didn't, I didn't go to a teddy bear, right? I didn't have to get on the patch of a teddy bear. I didn't have to go to a blanket. It was immediate. Let me tell you what, what happened. I believed him by faith and it transformed me. 
Now, some of you have stories like this on positive notes and on negative stuff, right? Isn't it true? Right? Your, your, um, your, uh, your mom said, don't sit next to the TV too close. Why? You'll go blind, right? So now what do we do? What do we tell our kids? Don't sit next to the TV too close, right? Because you go blind, right? So, but, but watch this. Because you believe them by faith. And when you believe them by faith, something about faith transforms the way you behave. Okay, mami, vamos a hablar. Okay? Yo no quiero que tú hables, mana, porque estoy haciendo el sermón y yo quiero hablar a la gente, okay? Okay, gracias. Okay. Alrighty, let's get back to the talk. Now, um, because what you believe really does affect how you behave. What you believe really does affect how you behave. And so mom said, don't, don't go to the TV too close, right? You'll go blind. So what do you do? You don't go to the TV too close. You sit back a little bit more, right? Um, uh, a, a teacher says, you know, if you, you know, if you continue to keep that, make faces like that, it's gonna stay like that. Right, right. Some of you had some of the same teachers and family, brother, right, right? And it's gonna stay like that. So uh, you believe them by faith and there's no effort. There's no withdrawals. There's no difficulty. Some of you have experienced this where there was a time where you absolutely lived according to a substance. Like you just lived for a substance. And whatever it was, right? And then something happened. You know, you went to a detox, you, you, you were in your house, you were kicking, and you still wanted to act out, oh, you still wanted to grab that substance, and then it clicked. Wait. I never have to use again, one day at a time. Or, or it's, this is killing me. Or maybe you looked in the mirror and saw yourself all, like, you know, uh, uh, ravaged and what, and you said, Some, but something happened instantly. And it's not like a really tough thing to do because there's something about the way God made faith to transform our lives. Listen to me. This is the secret to growing in Christ. It's, you ready? Faith. What you believe really does affect how you behave. And so because God knew this, He put this incredible portion of Scripture. And not only here, He puts it all over the Bible. He says, listen, it's not by trying harder. It's not by running faster. It's not by doing better. It's not by, listen, if, if you've ever been married and you try to be better in your marriage, I mean, is anybody here like that, right? Like you come over and you go, that's it, honey. I'm turning over a new leaf. And you've turned over more new leaves than Prospect Park. And you're just like, really? But you're trying. You're really trying, right? And what happens? You try, and I don't know, what's your, what's your limit, right? I mean, some of y'all are six-dayers. Some of you are two-weekers. Some of you are one-monthers, right? Or, right, January's coming up. What is it that you're going to stop or start doing in January? You've already thought about that, right? And you know, and some of you are two-weekers and ten-dayers and one-monthers. Some of you got incredible willpower and you can go to two months. And God ne never meant for you to change, grow in Christ, be transformed through willpower. 
It just never mended. And so before Paul comes into this incredible illustration that he's going to give us, because he's going to, Paul is going to pick back all the way back into Genesis, thousands of years before he puts pen to paper, to, to reinforce that it's always been by faith, that we've always grown by faith, that it's been something God has done in us and for us and through us, through faith. Now, let me tell you why you want to listen up. This is why you want to listen up. Because if there's anything that you're struggling with, pick a thing, anything, lust. Uh, let's say, for instance, let's pick non-sins that are just really bad for you, right? Cigarette smoking, right? Non-sin, really bad for you, right? <laughs> And we could kind of go on another, but let's just stay, let's stay there for a second, right? And you know it's really bad for you. Well, if you want to get away from that, if you want to grow past that, if you don't want to be dependent on the cigarette, well, then there's certain things. There's certain things. Listen, not that you have to do, but that you have to believe. You see the difference? It's not in what you do. It's in the faith that God gives you to grow. Now, it comes from God. It comes from God to us. It comes from God through us. He gives us the desire. He gives us the strength. This is all of grace. He does it all. But the vehicle by which He uses, the car by which He'll drive us to our next destination of growth is called faith. And that faith, of course, is powered by the gas tank of grace. So, I want you to look at this passage with me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from the NIV because I just don't want to wait for the screen, um, but I, I need you to see this. I need you to see this. Now watch this. this is, why is this so important to us? Because when you realize that it's by faith that God grows us in Christ, then you'll want to start getting into God's Word, and it doesn't matter what you struggle with. If you struggle with codependency, it's because you believe something. What is it? You believe that you will be made beautiful, that you will be made perfect, that you will be made lovely, that you will be made worthy of praise, that you will be worth, worth your worth will go up because someone views you in that way. If, you're, if the thing that you struggle with, if the thing that you struggle with is... Let's pick anything. Um, being a, uh, you know, shopping. Listen, you don't need to just say, that's it. I'm going to, as soon as I get paid, I'm going to give my check to someone else and they're going to, you know, so I'm not going to go shopping. And all listen, listen. And that might, and by the way, that might be healthy um, as a, a border that you use or a boundary that you use, but that's not the solution. The solution is, is to ask yourself, Why? Are you putting yourself in such crazy debt in order to buy a shirt that you'll never wear? What does that represent to you? What does it mean to you? Cigarettes. Um, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're a person who goes from bed to bed to bed and you hate it, it's not, like even, it's not even something that you're just like really excited about. Listen, let me tell you what's forcing you to do that. What? You really, really believe. If you have deep bitterness 
against anyone. Let me tell you what fuels that. What you really, really believe. And if God forbid someone should ever come up to you and say, you need to forgive that person. You need to forgive that person. You'll just say, but if I forgive them, then that lets them off the hook. And you want to be sure that they're on the hook. Well, there's a belief system that supports that. So how can we overcome all of these false belief systems? Listen, if you believe that coming to Christ, you then have to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, and you believe the asinine foolishness that's preached on American television, if you believe this, then when you become poor, when bad things happen, when your health fails... You won't see this as an opportunity for God to grow you in dependence to Him. You'll see it as God screwing you into the floor. You'll see that God's hammering you into the ground. You'll see it as God, or worse, you'll see it, well, you just don't have enough faith. And you'll just think that, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll just work up more faith. You can't do it. See, listen, this, what we're about to hear, is incredibly important. Paul gives us all these questions to say this. How do you think you're going to gain spiritual power to overcome those things that totally get you down? Listen to me. Listen to me. We all have something that nips at our heels and some of it sleeps in our bed you know, some of it we embrace wholeheartedly and some of it we're trying to run from, but it's just, it's just biting at our heels. Listen to me. There's a way to grow past your self-centeredness. There's a way to grow past your sin. There's a way to grow past the evil and the besetting sin that you find yourself in and that I find myself in. There's hope for me. And there's hope for you. Let's see what Paul says. He's going to say something really crazy. Let's take it from verse 5 and then let's look at his example in verse 6. Remember, how you believe really does affect uh, how you behave. Okay. I'm reading from the NIV. You're gonna, if you look up on the screen, it'll be slightly different because it's ESV. We'll live. Um, verse 5. Does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Does God give His Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Which one is it, class? Which one is it? Really, which one is it? It's believe what you heard. It's not because of the work. Then he gives an example because we're thick-headed and we don't get this very well. And, you know, we'll say, and, oh, yeah, it's believe what you heard. And then we'll get totally depressed because we don't act perfectly. And then we just, oh, wait, I think I'm missing something. All right? Let's, let, look at this. Verse 6. In fact, let's all read verse 6 together. Go ahead. At one, two, three. And he believed the Lord and the, accounted it to him as righteousness. And the he is Abraham. And, and the whole verse says this. Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, 
when you and I do this with our kids, not so much fun, right? When, right, like little Julie is being a little hellraiser, and you go, look at your sister Sarah. She's such a perfect little sister. That's not so much fun, right? That can kind of offend. That can kind of upset. That doesn't work so well. God is not doing that. What God is doing is he's doing what we do here. Anybody know what we do with our MVPs, right? Anybody here been here? When we did, we did an MVP last week. We have NBT's MVP. Say that with me. NBT's MVP. The reason that we do that is because we want to show you this is just something to aspire to. So we'll have a person up here and, you know, they've been faithful and they've been serving God. And we just go, man, I just want to be like that. And just and so when you see that person and you hear these things said about that person, you just there's something in your heart that goes, you know, I want to be like that. I want to grow like that. And something it becomes a prayer in your heart. Now watch this. This is this is key and this is big and this is important. God is doing the same thing. He's putting before you a person that, and it, so that you don't get confused and think, oh, well, in the Old Testament, it was all law. That's the way you grow. You grow by law. And if you do right, God likes you. And if you do wrong, God doesn't like you. And if you do God's will, God loves you. And if you mess up, he's going to get you. That's Old Testament. Oh, but thank God. Jesus came, and God is a little bit schizophrenic, and so he's a little bipolar, and so now Jesus says, he says, I'm God, and he says, no, love, 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 somebody give me a flower, right? And so that's the way we look at it, and, 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 and what Paul is saying, absolutely not. This is from Genesis to the maps. This is preached in the Bible, that it is by faith that we receive relationship with God, and it is by faith that we grow and it's all an act of grace from God so he says consider Abraham let's think about Abraham he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness now he pulls all the way back from Genesis 15 this is the coolest thing I'm going to read it to you because it's so cool so Genesis uh, Genesis uh, Abram, his name hasn't been changed to Abraham yet. Um, Abram is, is having a dialogue with God, right? And he's already had some relationship with God, and God has asked him already to live by faith. And watch this. This is, this is example after example in Abraham's life. This is the father of those who believe. Abraham is where it all got started. God started a dialogue with Abraham, and it's just, well, obviously it got started in the you know, beginning when God created the earth, but I'm talking about the Bible that we have in our hands and the belief that we have now. It just really got, it, it, was, it was really seen in Abraham in a big, big way. Well, so God goes to Abraham, and he says, Abraham, I want you, or his name is Abram. He goes, Abram, I want you to leave everything you know, your family, your house, your thing. Now, I want you to just go. Go where? Go to the place I will show you. Go to the place I will show you. He goes, no, 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 no. I need some, you know, can you, do you have any Google Maps? Do you, you know, do you have any, like, you know, any tangible things that I can touch? Or say, you know, go where? And he goes, over there. And Abraham's like, but wait, wait, you know, there's the Hittites, there's the Jebusites, there's the Amorites, there's the, you know, Canaanites. I go, you know, he goes, yeah, I know. And Abraham goes, but where do you want me to go? Go there. And then... God speaks to Abraham. He says, I'm going to make you the father of a really big family. This is huge to Abraham. 
And by the word nations, nobody knew what a nation was back then. We translated it as nations because that's, that's a reasonable translation. That's exactly what God meant. But back then, he didn't know it. So he used the word really big family. In fact, the family is going to be so big that if you go outside and count the stars, if you can count the stars, that's how big your family is going to be. And so Abraham, shockingly enough, believed God. Does anybody know how his belief, what it did? It affected his behavior, didn't it? He got up and left. Now, if you think it's tough to leave Brooklyn or Manhattan or the Bronx or Queens or wherever it is you come from to go live in Indiana, it's really, really tough when you're in Abraham's time because everything, there was no email, there was no postage, there was no uh, uh, phone calls, there was no internet. There was, when you left your family, you left them for good. And so he grabs, you know, all of his belongings and he takes as much of his family as, and his flock and all that other stuff and he goes. He builds this entire, like, you know, he has like quite a bit of, of land and then he gets to this point. Now remember, Paul is reaching back. All these people that Paul are talking to, as soon as they, they heard Abraham, they would have just immediately made this connection. Immediately. It was the air that they breathed. It was the culture that they grew up in. It says, now, in verse... 2 of chapter 15, we hear a little bit of this story. Listen to this. But Abraham said, now Abraham is speaking to God, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. He's going, listen, you know, you said, and basically Abraham is kind of reminding God, he goes, you said that you were going to give me this, this big family and I'm old now. And my wife is old. And on top of that, she's barren to begin with. Like if you were like real fruitful, like you could have 10 kids in your youth. But there's a point, ladies, right? Where you can stop having children, right? Well, she was barren to begin with. And she was past the age of childbirth. And he says, my servant, this Eleazar, he's going to get everything. And Abram said, you have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This is God speaking. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside. God took him outside. I, w I wonder how God did that. I just, you know, the, I wonder if God just said, come on, let me show you something. I love that. <clears throat> God took him outside. He took him outside, God did, and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Listen to this. This is powerful. And uh, Abram believed the Lord and he, what's the next word? Credited it to him as righteousness. He credited it to him as righteousness. When I was growing up, I used to think, um, we, used to, we used to have forms of credit on the local bodegas. Anybody had that, right? Where you had like, you know, where you took things fial, right? I always thought fial meant um, free. I always thought this. So I would go there. And I was like, shoot, my mom would go, go, take a fial. And I'd be like, yeah. And I would just, all you'd have to do is just show it to the guy, right? So I would take the, you know, I would take whatever it was, cereal, milk or whatever. And I would show it to the guy. He would see it. And I was like, wow, this is like our store. This is great. And I didn't, never knew. And so, you know, that got me into some troubles a couple of times. Um, so, 
But it was credit. In other words, I took the cereal, I took it home, I, I, I got the milk, I poured it. Now, watch this. Did I pay for it? No. It was credited to me. So I got the benefit, I got the joy, I got full, I got the enjoyment of this, this cool meal, but I didn't even pay for it. It was credited to me. Now, a really, really cool thing is that I was too young to pay the bill. I needed someone else to pay this bill for me. And so I had a loving person in my life, my mom, she would go downstairs and she would say, what's the account? She would say that in Spanish. And the guy would say $15.35 or, you know, if you, you know, sometimes I got carried away $120 and, you know, right? And she would pay the bill. And I believed her. Because of that, I got to experience cereal and milk. I got to experience rice and beans. I got to experience chicken and food. I got to experience, you know, uh, soup and stew. I got to experience all these wonderful meals and food because it was credited to me. I wonder if you can see where I'm going with this. We have a Savior who has invited us to take on His righteousness. He's given us His righteousness. And He says, you can live by faith. But you go, but this is all I've ever known. I've always gone to this spot. Uh, the only way I've, I know how to deal with stress is by going to the alcohol or going to the cigarettes or going to the relationship or going to the thing or going to the betting track or going to the thing. And God says, no, 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 it's been credited to you. Enjoy. I've come to pay the bill. And it'll be, God says, for my glory, your pleasure. That's not a bad trade, right? We give God our sinful uh, rags and God takes on, uh, He gives us our righteous robes so that we can walk before Him and live before Him as righteous people by faith. Listen to this. So Abraham, right? I'm going to go back to my NIV. So let's go back to um, verse 7 in Galatians 3. Understand then that those who believed are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. In other words, Abraham had the gospel. Did you hear that? Did you see that? Abraham got the gospel. Now, it wasn't as full and as robust as we get the gospel because we're like on the other side of the cross. He was looking towards the cross. We look back at the cross. He was looking to what God was going to do. We look at what God has already done. So the gospel for him wasn't as robust and as full as we have it now, but he got the gospel. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Now, how does this live out in your life? Listen to me. So here's what we're saying. What we're saying is how you believe really does affect 
how, uh, what you believe really does affect how you behave. Now, if you, just in case you missed the entire sermon, what I'm trying to say is, is that the way you think affects the way you act. So, if that's the case, then we need to start asking God for thinking that's different that we have. If you're a guy who thinks that he has to have more than one girlfriend um, in order to be happy and satisfied, listen to me, dude, you don't need to just like, you know, stop dating other women. You need like a lobotomy. You need like a change. Like you, need, you need somebody to work in your thinking. You need somebody to transform. You need somebody to do surgery in the way you think. Young, young people, listen to me. Listen to me. Let me just speak to young girls, because I got three, and I want you to be an example. Let me tell you why I speak a lot to the young girls. The reason I speak a lot to the young girls is I'm hoping that you continue to stay here and you be example to my girls as they grow up and tell them that, you know, this is the way of the Lord. Go in this way. Well, listen. It, so you get with that dude, right? And he tells you all the things that you want him to hear. And you've been to church, and you know that sex is for married people only, right? I hope you know that, right? Sex is not for pretty people. Sex is not for people who are ready. Sex is not for people who can handle it. Sex is not for people who are mature enough. Sex is not for people who are in love. Sex is not for people who are, are, are ready. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you who sex is for. Sex is for married people only. And if you don't qualify as married, you don't qualify for sex, right? And I'll turn around so you can leave. Um, so, but here's the point. Sex is for married people only. So if you're young, and you get with this little, you know, he's just as cute as the day is long. Isn't he just cute? And he just says all those great things to you. And you just, I mean, you are just, man, when he looks at you, you, your belly flips, right? And you're just really excited. Listen to me, listen to me. And you think, you think, listen to what? I know how I'll get him to love me. Or... I know how I can keep him faithful. And if you're 13 and you have that thought, I, can, I won't ask for any hands. But there are women here who are 39 who had that thought at 13 and haven't gotten rid of it at 39 because they're not practicing this principle that I'm about to share with you right now. Listen to me. I know how I can keep him faithful. I'll lower my standards. I'll sleep with him. Or if you're like into the law a lot, you go, well, it's not technically sex. I mean, we didn't actually have sex, so we'll do these three things. So watch this. Listen to me. If you think like that, you will give the best of yourself to someone, and I'm not a prophet, who won't be there for you 10 years from that point. And I could just point out, I just got tons of experience with this. I've seen this a million times. Listen to, listen to what I'm trying to tell you. You don't need to try harder at being pure. You don't need to work really hard at staying, or, you know, forget, you know, all this other stuff. Listen, here's what you need to do. You need to believe what God thinks about you. You need to be able to open up God's Word, and when He says you are fearfully and wonderfully made and your value doesn't come from this guy loving you but comes from my love for you it changes everything 
You won't, it won't even be like a, a real strong fight. It would be like a, oh gosh, I don't know if I can do it. I'm going to white knuckle this. I'm going to try really hard. No, it won't be like that. It'll be like, nah, of course I'm not doing that. Don't be stupid. Listen, if you're here and you're struggling with being mean-spirited, there is something inside of you, a God that you run to when you're angry, and this is the God that you run to and you say this. This is what you say. Let me see if I can say you, you think, well, I'm not going to let this person step all over me. Or you'll say, they don't know where I'm from. And you do the head wiggle thing. And, you know, and, and so, you know, or you say, or you say, well, if I don't try to intimidate, if I don't try to keep this person down and hammer on them, they'll just hammer on me. No, the gospel is this. Believe that Jesus is your defense. And, and it's, perfectly, it's perfectly fine going, Jesus, I just totally trust you. I believe your word that you are my, my defense. I believe your word that you can defend my reputation and all this other stuff. I'm not going to get down in the, the gutter with these people. Listen to me. Listen to me. There are lies that you believe that make you miserable. The gospel is saying, how do you grow in Christ? It's by believing God's word. So what does God's word say? What does God's word say? All right, I'm just going to take you to one psalm. It's not going to be up on the screen. It's just in my head. And I want you to just, like, if you go, go to Psalm 34. I want you to see how this works, right? Go to Psalm 34 um, in your Bibles. And uh, Psalm 34, the first sentence says this. Uh, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. God, can you do that? Can you make it so that my heart is just open, longing for you? I believe you can. Do that in me. I'm going to walk. And watch this. And I want you to let that belief, God, let that belief affect the way I behave. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. My soul will boast in the Lord. In other words, I'm not going to brag about how much money I make, about the clothes that I wear, about the girl that I'm dating. I'm not going to brag about how much I got in the bank or what I own or who likes me or doesn't like me. I'm not going to brag about how many sponsees I got or where I get to speak. I'm not going to brag about any of this. You know, my brag, I'm going to be braggadocious about Jesus. And so you go, but I've never done that before. Would you believe that? Just ask God, God, would you give me the faith to believe that I'm just going to brag on you? I'm not going to brag on my ability or my work or anything like that we just said. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Are you afraid? Are there any things that, you know, maybe you're afraid you're growing too old and you don't, you know, you haven't found Mrs. Wright or Mr. Wright and you're willing to settle for Mr. or Mrs. Wright now and, and just, you know, what is it? What is it? Listen, 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 listen. I sought the Lord and He answered me and He delivered me from all my fears. And I'm praying that right now, as you're hearing those words, Jesus is giving you the faith to believe that. 
I'm praying that right now, as you hear those words, Jesus believes. No, but I'm afraid if I don't do this, they won't. You know, if, 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 if I go on this, if I start... If I start behaving this way, if I stop stealing from work, if I stop trying to intimidate, if I stop trying to do these things, then I, I'm going to lose out. No, no, no. I sought the Lord and He answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. This poor man called. I love this, this next verse in, in Psalm 34. It says, um, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. In other words, that verse says that God gives protection. Do you believe that? Now watch this. If you don't, here's good news. Run to Jesus and say, I don't. I mean, I really don't. I believe, I believe in my finances. I believe in my ability to create money. I believe in my ability to... Listen. Would you change what I really believe? And if you change what I believe, naturally, that will change the way I behave. And if the way I behave changes, I will start growing in Christ. That is the growth that Christ wants to see for you. Listen to me. I want this so bad for you. I want you to... Here's how you do it. Here's what you do. For this week, this is what I want you to do. I want you to just start opening up God's Word. And as you read it, ask yourself, do I believe this? And be willing for the no to come up. Be honest and say, no, no, I don't believe it. You know, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Nah, I don't believe that. I believe that they who get her done, they who manipulate and work things out, they who take control, those are the guys who get renewed. Those that wait upon the Lord, they get stepped over. I want you, as you look at God's scripture, as you open up God's word this week, I want you to start Asking God, God, would you give me the faith to believe in this? And by grace, He will. And in that, He will help you to grow. Because the way you behave, and the way you believe, really does affect the way you behave. I'm going to pray for you, but before I do, I want you to pull out your yellow cards. There's a yellow card inside of your bulletin. Now, as you pull that out, the musicians or the singers are going to come up and um, I want you to...